This is Fan POV Podcast. Welcome back, Fan Poppers. I am Kevin Robinson. With me, as always, Mikey, the MVP, Panamarzik, in the flesh. How you doing, brother? Super Bowl is over. Talk to me, Mike. How's your week going? It's going good, but I got to be honest. I feel like I just went to see this high action movie. I was thrilled the whole season, and then it kind of was a dud for the Super Bowl. A lot of disappointments in the, which should have been one of the best Super Bowls of all time. Uh, so he, here is a lesson to the, uh, to, to the listeners here. All is in the eye of the beholder. Cause Mike, I thought it was a fantastic Super Bowl. Saw my boy get his seventh. Crazy. We're going to talk about all of it, but Mikey, 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 I have to ask you something with your own eyes, my friend. Over the last 20 years, you have seen this man demolish the league. 20 yeah. years, 10 Super Bowl appearances, now the winner of seven of them. Mike, you bet against Tom Brady. How? T- 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 tell me, how is it possible that you can continue to do this? I, I was shocked about this outcome. Um, and I thought Tom Brady was a big part of their success. I mean, he has changed the culture down there. That team is locked and loaded. And I guess what you you brought up on the show, and I don't know if I thought enough about it, is the depth between the teams. Like Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill are really good. But after that, it's just a bunch of, you know, pieces. Uh, where the Bucks were solid, their defense really stepped up throughout the year. It got better and better. And uh, they were turning up. I, I, I missed on this one. I'm okay to say that, right? Well, yeah, you are, but here's the deal, Mike. L- l- well, look, let's talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. I know that you were upset about a lot of the a lot of the penalties that were called, but I also noticed that as the game wore on, you got less and less upset about the penalties, and I think you were more in shock about kind of the stinker that Kansas City threw up, Mike. For the first time since Patrick Mahomes was a sophomore in college, he has suffered a defeat by double digit points. Yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me. Mike, he didn't throw a touchdown in this game. Um, we got. So go, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I don't know if there could have been a worse game plan by the Kansas City Chiefs going in. Um, you know, your, your star tackles are out and you decide to throw the ball around all game. And especially when they're in a cover two, everybody, every sign. I'm not a f- football coach, but I would have ran and been successful. You know, I don't know what the Chiefs were doing. They ran a ball, what, less than 12 times in the Super Bowl with your banged-up quarterback who's getting surgery on his toe and your star tackle out? Like, I, I don't know, man. And, and, and I'm starting to wonder about Andy Reid and some of those Eagle teams and even him getting it done last year. How many times they fall behind from these weird game plans? I, I don't understand it. Did, did that baffle you at all? Yeah, they threw the ball 49 times. And keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes is hurt. He had he had turf toe. And people think, oh, yeah, he hurt his toe. No, you have turf toe. You're playing in the NFL at quarterback. That's a serious deal. I agree, Mike. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 64 yards on the ground. Here's the funny thing, 7.1 yards per rush. And they only gave the ball nine times. Now, granted, they were playing from behind quite a bit this game. But I agree with you, Mike. They got The, the, the game plan was off. Here's what I noticed as well. The defense for the Kansas City Chiefs, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, some weeks they're rushing the passer, they're doing really good, but Frank Clark had the sole sack this game as well. Tom Brady, it looked as if he was unpressured, looked like as if he was unfazed, and uh, he was able to put up three touchdowns. No, he didn't pass for 400 yards, but he didn't have to. They put up 31 points, Mike. Defense was really, really good for the Buccaneers, but not so good for Kansas City. Um, Interesting. We've got to talk about it because a lot of – Podcasts, a lot of you know ESPN or Fox Sports won't talk about it. The fishing was the worst I've seen all season. It was highly inconsistent on the way they called it. They were calling pass interference in the end zone versus Tyron Matthew, and a ball's thirty yards over the wide receivers. It, it, what is he, Superman? He's going to fly through the sky and grab the ball. Um, Record set in penalties really deflated the, the the Chiefs. They they intercept Brady and they call a tic tac holding where Mike Evans ran into the cornerback. And it, it takes away the biggest play of the game. Like, I get it, man. And I, I'm not saying that the Chiefs would have won. But what I'm saying is the refs, and they said it during the halftime show, they caused a lot of the momentum to go away. They caused an unbalanced game. Um, but there's also a lot of coaching errors, like calling timeouts for Tom Brady. You know you know what he does before halftime. But make no mistake, those two back-to-back pass interferences, you call it holding. You call it a trip. You you don't call that pass interference with Mike Evans, who 
give him an Oscar because he just won the freaking award diving to the ground. It right. was a ho- horribly officiated game. A crew that had already had trouble with the Chiefs earlier this year where Kelsey told the one ref he should be working at Foot Locker in that jersey. <laughs> Bad call in the NFL, and, it, and, and people were disgusted. All right, so look, here's what I'm going to say. Just on one of those pass interference calls, that one with Mike Evans where he got his feet tangled up. Hey, Mike, you got a six foot four receiver who's running a four three, and he's two steps behind the ball when he gets tripped up. You're telling me he doesn't have one or two more steps in stride, lays out for that ball, and fingertip catches it? BS, I don't buy it. That's pass interference all day. That's number one. Two, two, and you have to hear me on this. Mike, this is the NFL. Officials make mistakes. They do it every game. They do it all year. Let me get, let me look. I'm a Browns fan. Let's talk about this. Kansas City Chiefs fans were fine when they went helmet to helmet on Higgins and the ball flies out of there before it ends up being a touchback, a touchback, robs them of six points, seven points with a field goal. And the Chiefs win the, they win the game. That would have been the difference maker. Literally, the Browns would have been in place of the Chiefs in the playoffs. They would have kept going forward. Nobody was upset with on the Kansas City Chiefs side when you had helmet to helmet targeting. That was not called and reviewed. Mike, this is the NFL. This is football. Now, will I tell you that doesn't it doesn't play a role in momentum? It absolutely does. That play in and of itself took the Browns momentum wise out of the game. And, and yeah. did the same thing happen to the Chiefs? Yeah, maybe it did. But here's the deal. You mentioned it. Andy Reid, a lot of bad play calls, calling timeouts for Tom Brady. You mentioned that. Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 49 times, 26 times completed, two interceptions. Mikey fumbled the ball as well. Well, let's not put this on Mahomes because I will tell you, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Daryl Williams, some of the drops, Hardman, some of the drops and boneheaded plays, like it hit off a Tyree Kill's face mask. Don't ever put this guy in a top 10 wide receiver. Kelsey, how many drops did he have? Yeah, but, but again, he had 133 they are, they, yards. They, they, they are tackling Kelsey before he catches the ball. You put your hand on a Buccaneer receiver, you're getting a penalty. I'm not going to talk about the refs anymore. The the proof's in the pudding. You watch the game. You watch the calls. Um, no one wants to be that person on their, their show and go in on it. No one wanted to talk about it in halftime, yet Phil Simms said it right then there. He goes, the refs are way too involved in this game right now. They are uh, determining the outcome. And sure enough, they did. Hey, and the, look, no no debate. No debate. Look, again, I, I would still argue that pass interference call on Mike Evans. I would still argue that they got that right. But that, that being said, find me a game, Mike, in the last 20 years where the conversation at halftime didn't have something to do about a blown call or a bad call or a call that should have been made. Again, that's the NFL. What's the ninety-five what, what, to five? But was but, but, the the yard total at halftime one to eight? And you're telling me, you're yeah, telling but, me yeah, but Mike, as you're you talking, watch Kelsey getting robbed by the linebackers as he drops a pass because he's getting tackled. You're telling me they're not holding Hill when you see the footage of them grabbing his jersey. It yeah. was oh, it, it just wasn't balanced. It wasn't good. Um, and I'm not saying it's a conspiracy guy. I'm not saying that the NFL won Brady win. That's why it happened. I'm just saying this officiating crew should never, ever be assigned a game like this because it just didn't add up. Mike, you're saying 95 yards and penalties. You got to figure that one pass interference call to Mike Evans. That was like 45 yards. That was one play. Eight the, penalties. The, 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 yeah, but eight, the rest eight, were t- eight verse one. Yeah, but the rest were ticky tacky things. I mean, and, 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 and don't get called. Even though when they called the offside versus the field goal, that happens every single play. And unless it determines a block or a hit on a kicker or some impact on a game, they don't call it. Like it, it, it just is what it is. It just is what it is. And they called it and gave him a first down. And then it led to a touchdown and it led to more penalties. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't get it. A lot of people that should be talking about it aren't talking about it. But again, let's go back to the game strategy and the players. Right. I'm, I'm right. done with the officials. All right. All right. I don't think because we can go back and forth. I'm just saying, don't ever put those guys in a big game again. They blew it. <laughs> look again, again. Look, I totally get it, but it's it, it's it's par for the course, man. It happens again. I I could be salty as can be talking about the Browns and that helmet to helmet hit that robbed us of that game against Kansas City. First times we get into the playoffs, we could end up be upset upsetting the champs of the world. We get robbed on a, on a missed call. I'm saying if everybody gets yeah. hung up on missed calls, nobody gets to see football. And what's the alternative? More instant replay. 
but, but here's no. the thing. Like, Hell I'm just gonna, I'm just going to say I don't have any pony in this race. Like, Brady wins. It's pretty sweet to watch history, especially since he's not in New England anymore. Mahomes wins. We're watching special. So for me to get that upset, it's not – I just wanted to watch a fair, balanced game a good game that would be like, you know, when the Seahawks played the, the Patriots or the Eagles played the Patriots, something that was entertaining. Yeah. And to me, it was taken from us um, from bad coaching and bad officiating. But let's talk about the coaching. What did the Bucks do, in your opinion, to really, really just – it's a 180 from the last time they played. So, Mike, what Todd Bowles did, in my opinion, was – make a debate that he should be head coach right here and now. I mean, I got a couple teams on mine. If I'm the Kansas, I'm sorry, if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm thinking about bringing Todd Bowles in right now. Yeah. Absolutely. What about the, what about the Denver Broncos? Denver that Bron- hasn't yeah. worked. It's another great, it's another great idea. I'm even, look, I'm even thinking about a team like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, right now that you trying to ride with Mike McCarthy for the next five years. I don't think so. I'm thinking about Todd Bowles again. I even look back to what he did with the Jets. He had a couple winning seasons with nothing. He had a couple really good runs. He had a couple really bad seasons as well. But Todd Bowles, um, he put up a defense. You're asking me, what, what did the Buccaneers do? The Buccaneers played defense for the ages, shut Patrick Mahomes and company down to realistically what is probably the worst game of Patrick Mahomes' career up until this point in the NFL and, and will probably be referred to like a year down the line. They'll say, you know what? That was Patrick Mahomes' worst game, except for the game that he played in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. That, that's how bad the game was for him. And again, you could say that it was it, it was scheme. You could say that it was injuries. You could say his own injuries, offensive tackle injuries. Say what you will. Definitely not his performance. But I, I, I attribute that a lot to the defense. They had three sacks, tons and tons of deflected passes. They had enough opportunities. Patrick threw it 49 times. But Mike, they played fantastic defense, and Tom threw three touchdowns. What and, else and, do you want? Tom Brady, <laughs> we talk about leadership a lot on this podcast. And what I want to say about Tom Brady is that man brought in some pretty nice free agents. Gronk isn't playing if it's not for Tom Brady. Antonio Brown's not down there. Fournette, you know, who I thought could have been close to the league, the 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 Super Bowl MVP with his performance and his huge first downs and touchdowns, uh, you know, catching the ball in the backfield. They're not there without Tom Brady. That's right. And and and, and these players are already taking the time out, taking less money to go run one again. Um, you know, Mike Evans comes out today. And those players, the culture has changed because of Tom Brady. And I can't say enough about him. So glad he's out of New England. But those players aren't there without him. That team's not there without Tom Brady. And it's a trickle-down effect where, man, excellence is demanded from all those players. Yeah, no, that's 100% right. And it's it's incredible, Mike. You, you Everybody had Kansas City as a can't-miss-lose this game. They, like, like, like they, 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 they can't not win this game. I feel like everybody, yourself included, had them by 20-some points. Just talking about this once-in-a-lifetime or once-in-a-generation you know, offense that was there in a complimentary defense. But, Mike, I'm going to tell you, nothing trumps experience and leadership. And Tom Brady at 43, Mike, He's won seven Super Bowls. That's one more Super Bowl than the next winning franchise. The next winning franchise, obviously, is the New England Patriots, and he won all of those. The man is incredible. And look, they got a very good chance to repeat. So, Mike, let's talk about this. Everybody thinks, you know, it's, it's so funny. Literally go back five days ago, and the entire world is talking about Kansas City as a dynasty. More importantly, Patrick Mahomes already being in GOAT status with Tom Brady and potentially, you know, being able to pass him up. Everybody has them pegged as like literally the next thing. And now all I hear this morning and yesterday is people talking about, yeah, the Chiefs are in trouble. You know, that, you know, the chemistry's off and what are they going to do with Patrick? And, you know, what, what do they need to really beef up the team? And he, this is bad and this and this and the other. Mike, is the sky falling in Kansas City or did they just have a bad game, a bad recipe for things to just go wrong and they blew it in the Super Bowl? Do you look for them to be back as the favorites next year? Absolutely, I do. But I think this was a reality check game. I think it was a very humbling experience that they they definitely needed. Um, you know, they need to be knocked back down. And uh, I think they're going to have to get some more depth, some better picks. Um, I, I like, you know, Clyde edwards alaire but... I don't know if you take a run back in the first round with this team. I, I think they've got some questions to answer. And when you're playing like you're paying like three or four players top notch money, I don't know how you make that happen. Like you're gonna have to find out how like Tom Brady did bring some of these people in, uh, a more of a mix of some veteran players and some young guns. It's gonna be tough, but anytime you got Patrick Mahomes and he's healthy and 
get that offensive line a little bit better, I think they'll be okay. I can't bet against the best player in National Football League. No, you can't, but you did in, in betting against Tom Brady this last week, Mike. I can't believe you did. Oh, you were you referring oh, to Patrick Mahomes? No. Listen, if you put Brady <laughs> on the Chiefs and, and Mahomes on the Bucks, I think we have a completely different outcome. And that's nothing against Tom Brady, but Mahomes ran for 500 yards that game. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 hold a sec. Are you, are you trying to tell me that the Buccaneers have a better roster than the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. This doesn't make any sense to me. So you're, so you were backing the Kansas City Chiefs solely off of Patrick Mahomes, not off of Tyreek Hill, not off of Travi, Travi, uh, or Travis Kelsey's record-setting tight end year? You're, I, you're, you're, I think... I think the defenses aren't even close. I think Tampa Bay's got the best linebacking unit in the NFL. I think they're getting that Vea guy back, the big D tackle, shuts down the run, helps them out tremendously. Mike Evans, Godwin, Fournette, Antonio Brown, like they, the weapons are there too, just the same. And uh, their offensive line is a lot better than the Chiefs, in my opinion. Uh, uh, oh, I can't. I, look, you're, you're, so you're talking about Godwin and Evans, who were injured and inconsistent the entire year. Antonio Brown, who hasn't played football in two years. Leonard Fournette, who literally almost got cut out of the league after being let go in Jacksonville. You're talking about Rob Gronkowski, who hadn't played football in two years. This is a better roster than Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Travis Kelce. You know, Patrick Mahomes, you're you're talking about Frank Clark, Chris Jones on the defensive. You're talking about the honey badger sitting back there wrecking fools up. You're saying this is a better roster and and you were backing this team solely off of Patrick Mahomes. I don't believe it. I'm not saying the Chiefs don't have dogs because they certainly got some good players out there. But (laughs) you're telling me. So so let's just do this real quick. Okay. I pick a player, you pick a player, and we'll, we'll try to count how many we give each team. Number one. Best player on the field. I hate to say it because I know you're going to try to say Tom Brady, but it's Patrick Mahomes, right? So I'm going to no, give yeah, KC right. one. Yep, I'll, I'll give you that. Is it Patrick Mahomes? Okay. Who, so who's next? The next best player out of both teams? Yep. Travis Kels. Okay, that's two for the Chiefs. Next one. Tyreek Hill. Will, Tyreek Hill. You're going to put Tyreek Hill over some of these dudes? I'm going to say Tom Brady over Tyreek Hill. Ty, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards in one quarter against the Bucks. Tom Brady got seven Super Bowls. That's true, but Tom Brady's 43. <laughs> Looking like he's 23 in my All right, book, no bro. argument. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I'll give you that. I'll, no, I'll give you that. I'll give you that for sure. Let's, let's go with Tom. In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, that's fine. Yep, All Tom right. Brady. All right, so, so next, I, so, so next, next, I would definitely put Tyreek Hill. So who's, who's five? I got to go Devin White. I got to go Chris Jones. Chris Jones, okay. Then I go... Uh, so hold Probably, on, no, no, uh, just, just to be clear, see, of the top five, I've got four Kansas City Chiefs here. Yeah, but then it's about to be a run. <laughs> yeah, but but if you've got four of the top five players, all right. This, yeah, ain't, let, this ain't NBA basketball. <laughs> all right, Which all right, linebacker all right, would you put on Devin, Levante David or Devin White's or JPP or Shaq Barrett's level? I got none for the Chiefs. I don't even know who, who's always consistent for the Chiefs. All right, so wh- who in the secondary for the Bucks is better than Tyron Matthew? Well, I'll tell you, he's not better, but he's on his way up, man. I, I like that Winfield Jr. guy. I like him a lot. Yeah, but they're light years apart right now. They're light years apart. Look, nonetheless, we can sit here. We can get yeah, lost. We can go. Yeah, we, we can really nerd out. You're right. You're right. But, but nonetheless, in my opinion, I, I don't feel – in fact, the only edge that I felt the Bucks had going into the game was Tom Brady and his ability to galvanize these troops. That's the only edge I felt. That, and, okay, okay, okay. And the defense, no question, the defense, especially given the fact that both of the tackles, starting tackles for the Chiefs and Eric, uh, Eric Fisher and, uh, and Mitchell Swartz, they're, they're out. So definitely the defense was going to play a big game uh, or a big part in that. So um, nonetheless, though, man, look, we are talking about a record-setting offense. Yeah. And, and, and we're talking offense. About, we're talking about it just a gigantic coaching blunder too by Andy Reid and his offensive coordinator who everybody said should be hired tomorrow, yet he couldn't figure out how to run the ball versus a cover two with two safeties twenty yards down the field. Like Well, I it, will, it was a poor it was a poor it was a poor 
game plan going in. And you know what? When your tackles are out, I was maybe just you don't say, put five yeah. wide receivers to run deep routes every single play. But, maybe you but, give your team a chance and run the ball and bring a couple other big guys and maybe a block and tight end and give give yourself a chance. But but you know what, Mike? With, with two tight with two tackles out, you've got to put up forty points to win the game. You've got to pass the ball. They were behind early, so running the ball gets a little weird. I I I get that. I I, I don't want to look at Eric Bieniemy and say this dude ain't got it. He's legit. He should be a head coach like yesterday. I think it was a weird circumstance, Mike. I, again, you've got a hell of a defense on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've got a great pass rush, and you're missing two bookends on your offensive line. Look, teams that typically win in the playoffs are teams that can protect their quarterback, man. There's no doubt about that. In fact, Mike, let's transition. We're going to get back to the Super Bowl. We're going to talk a little bit. I want to talk about chances for both of these teams to get back. We'll revisit that a little bit later on in the uh, in the episode. I do want to move on to a little bit of drama this offseason. Talking about lack of protection, let's talk about Russell Wilson, Mike. Rumor yeah. is he's unhappy. In fact, he comes out and says, I'm extremely unhappy. He's been hit a lot. Mike, I'm going to throw you out a couple stats here. You probably already know them. I know you get into this. But look, Brett Favre played 20 years in the NFL, Mike. He was sacked 525 times. Russell Wilson has been in the NFL now nine years, has been sacked 394 times. Whoa. Mike, if Russell Wilson plays 20 years, He's on pace to get sacked a thousand times. Keep in mind, Brett Favre holds the all-time record for having been sacked. This is insane. People don't recognize how bad Russell Wilson has had it. And everybody wants to say, oh, you know, maybe he holds the ball too long. Garbage. Garbage. He's a top two, top three quarterback in the league. Dude doesn't hold the ball. He holds the ball exactly the right amount of time. He's that good. This line is garbage has been for nine years. Mike, talk to me about this. Russell Wilson, what is he more likely to do if he is having a if he is having a meeting right now with upper level management, executive team ownership, coach, Pete Carroll, whatever you want to call it? Is he more likely to say, I've given you nine years. You've gotten me sacked 400 times. I don't believe it. I don't buy into it. I need to be out similar to what a Sean Watson situation, or is he more likely to say, okay, look, I need to be more involved. We need to do this together. And, and I want to move forward, but based off of these conditions, I'm going to stay in Seattle. What's he more likely to do now? What he's more likely to do and what I think he should do are two completely different things, but I think he's going to stay. And I think he's going to make his presence known. I think he's going to start advocating for himself, his players, and overall team moving forward. And I think it's way overdue. Stop being the guy that falls in line, man. You've got to you've got to take control of your destiny, Mister Wilson. Mike, here's two things that you know are 110 percent consistent. If the world were hit by a meteorite tomorrow, two things would still happen cockroaches would still roam the earth and Russell Wilson would still be in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. All right. Those two, those two things are consistent. It's nuts to me that they've, that they've been able to get away with the fact that he's been hit this many times and without doubt, he's going to carry their team to the postseason with a very, very competitive division. Mike, the Legion of boom is history has been for five years that that defense has been nowhere near what it was in past times. This last year, they got it together a little bit at the end of the season. Their offense, Mike, they have decent weapons. They have some decent key players, but they've not been able to run the ball since Marshawn Lynch left. So what do they do? What do they do to make Russell Wilson happy? With the exception of getting every offensive lineman in free agency and in the draft, they've got to beef up the offensive line. But what else has to happen? It's bigger than that, though, because it all starts in your division. You know, the Browns fans, you're always looking at the Ravens and Steelers and saying, man, we got to we got our hands for, you know, in my division with the Dolphins, we're looking at the Bills and the Patriots. You're looking at one of the most aggressive divisions in all football. Every single team is win now. Look at the Rams. They say, hey, we're going to get Jalen Ramsey. You know that we're not done there. Let's go get Matthew Stafford. Let's go get Brandon Cooks. You look at the the Cardinals. Hey, DeAndre Hopkins, let's throw Mountain Dew in a bag of Skittles. We're going to bring him in town. You know, one of the best top three wide receivers. Every team's making moves. The 49ers constantly wheeling and dealing. We got Jimmy G. We got to get better than Jimmy G. The Seahawks are trusting the process, and the process isn't resulting to the ultimate goal to win the Super Bowl. Well said. 
I agree. Any chance Russell Wilson is playing in a different uniform next year, Mike, on a scale of one to 10, what's the likeliness? 10 being the most likely one not happening. I'm saying a three and I'm only saying a three because this NFL right now, it's, 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 wild. It, it, it's, yep. it's a wild west of quarterbacks. People are coming and going. I mean, we just saw Goff get traded. He was just in a Super Bowl. Jimmy G might be gone. He was just in a Super Bowl. A lot of young talent in this, this, uh, this upcoming draft too. So, I'd like to see him go. I, you know, I, I, I applaud my Miami Dolphins. They're, they've already inquired about him. They inquired about Deshaun Watson. We're like that guy that just goes out. We went to college with one of these buddies. He doesn't care what, what girl's in the room. He's going to still go with the same confidence. Miami Dolphins just keep seeking, seeking these uh, star quarterbacks. Maybe we'll land one of them. But what do you think? Have, is he gone? Is he staying? What are your, what are your chances? I, I don't think there's enough capital. I don't think a team has enough capital. To pry him loose, the the asking price would be so outrageous. Don't get make make no mistake. He's paid, so it would have to be a salary cap fit. You know, it would be incredible. You know, you want to you, you want to know the one thing Urban Meyer could do, Mike, to make his stamp if he could somehow get that done. Pony up this year's first round, you know, next year's first round, the following year's first round, and get Russell Wilson in there. They'd win a Super Bowl, and I'd have to eat my words on Urban Meyer being a bad hire. Uh, but that ain't gonna happen. I think the chances are none. I, there's no way he's not playing for Seattle next year. Mike, but make make I, no mistake, these words, this offseason, will bring action where next year, I think this is a completely different storyline. Oh, they've got one year. Yeah, no question. They've got to make it work this year. They they, they have to, or or, or, or he, Russell's definitely going to be barking but, as well. But, but can I start stopping here real quick, too? We just talked about Tom Brady and kind of doing the recruitment pitch. We know how LeBron James did it. And I'll never forget when I asked Derek Rose if he was going to go seek other all-star players. And he goes, that ain't my job. That's the GM. Russell Wilson, you need to start being a person that goes on his meetings. You need to be the person tweeting and texting and trying to bring these guys in. Because at the end of the day, you know Brady's doing it, right? You know Mahomes yeah. is doing it. You know Lamar Jackson saying, hey, come up here to Baltimore. We'll get us one, you know? So, Wilson, take some ownership yourself, too. That's right. That's right. Look, maybe that, and maybe that's just it. Maybe they need to have that conversation, discuss who, you know, who's going to be has, having a seat at the table to make these uh, these decisions, and move forward with, with Russell Wilson almost, you know, not just helming the football team, but almost holding an executive position there in the front office. Let him, let him, uh, let him have a little say so there, Mike. I agree. I want to move on. I want to talk about Dak Prescott. Big time decision for the Dallas Cowboys, Mike. They can do one of three things. They can let him go. In my opinion, that would be insane. But Mike McCarthy and company, I could see them making that kind of a dumb decision. Two, they could franchise tag him for the second year in a row. That would cost them a lot of money. In my opinion, $36, 37000000 million, I would imagine, for one year, somewhere in that ballpark. Or three, in my opinion, what they should do is sign him to that long-term deal, which they should have done last year. Mike, what's happening in Dallas? Is Dak on the move, or will he be a cowboy? And if so, in what fashion? Well, interesting enough, social media buzz right now. The Cowboys just released their hype video for next year. Guess who wasn't in that video? Really? <laughs> no, well, Dak. Well, you know how? I guess how could he be though? You know, who's going to have that conversation? Hey, Dak, you know, you're not really with the team. We haven't talked in a few months, but would you mind showing up to shoot a commercial? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do that, but all right, keep going. Just, just thrown out there. I don't know if it means anything. I don't know the take of it. I'm just saying, Dak is your franchise quarterback, Jerry Jones. You keep going out and saying Dak's going to be here for a long time. You would think at least his face, you know, the face of your franchise would have been on that video. But I don't know how this ends. I don't know with the back behind the scenes. And, you know, Dak's kind of like the Russell Wilson. He's not going to stir up controversy. He's not going to cause a lot of headaches. But. Why hasn't Dallas gotten this done? Mike, it's a great question. You've heard me say this a million times. If you're throwing for 3,500 plus yards, 25 touchdowns, and less than 10 interceptions, you are a franchise quarterback. You can take a team to a championship. Dak has taken those stats and blown them out of the water the last two years. And this year before he got hurt, he was on pace to crush that. In fact, there were quarterbacks in the league, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, and a couple others that took them four or five additional games to surpass Dak Prescott's stats, that he, what he was on pace for just this year. So in my opinion, you sign this dude. Otherwise, here's what they're going to face. They're going to go into the situation where they have no prospects at quarterback other than free agency and the draft. Right now, I don't know that they have, well, 
they definitely have assets. They've got players they could pony up for, you know, for a quarterback potentially and trade for one. Outside of that, Mike, they're going to be in no man's land for quarterback. That is not a place you want to be in specific if you're Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. In my opinion, if I'm there in the front office, if I have one say, if I have one ear in the organization that listens to a word I say, I'm saying, sign the man. Give him $38 million and sign him. Get it done. You're not going to get better than Dak in this draft. You're not going to get anybody that you know can play as consistently as him. What says you, Mike? Real quick, 10 seconds. You're the GM. Do you sign him or do you let him walk? I got to sign Dak Prescott. And I go back and forth on this. It's like an every two, three week thing. My thing is, you've got those wide receivers. You're right. I mean, he throws some good touchdowns. He's mobile. He's strong. I at least want to see one more year from before I make a f- big decision on a five, six year contract. Problem is, Dak don't want that. Mike, what is he? 26, 25? Yeah. I mean, he's it, dude, his it, best football is not it, his best football is ahead of him. But does he have a ceiling? And if he, if he's not signed, what do they know about him? I, I just don't get it. Like, like with Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, these other quarterbacks we're talking about, there's a no brainer. Do you get a, like a Kirk Cousins where you just hit your ceiling and you know I'm never going to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins unless like a Philly kind of happens again? Like all the stars align in a perfect you know straight line you go through I don't know if football if football is truly a team game as they say it is Dak Prescott's position and his contribution contribution to the team is more than sufficient to get them to the promised land if you run down the statistics of each quarterback who's won a Super Bowl you know over the last 10 or 15 years obviously Tom Brady notwithstanding he's won seven of them but if you look at some of these quarterbacks that have won Mike Dak Prescott has had seasons that crush that production so he's serviceable let me throw this in here though and the longer you let these shenanigans go the more your team doubts you the more your coaching staff doubts you you know like this will come back to them you know and Zeke can throw it if they're ever arguing in practice would it even want to pay you what are you talking to me for you know like this this interrupts the culture and one thing I know about Dak Prescott he he leads by example and he, fought, he, he, he he's a true captain, in my opinion. I think he does things all the right way. To your point in the front office, Mike, it, it's, it shows the team that you're totally discombobulated. You won't sign a guy who's the face of your franchise that you drafted, mind you, but you'll sign Amari Cooper off the streets for $100 million. You'll ink a running back who has a shelf life of three years to $80 million before you sign your franchise quarterback who's homegrown. I, again, I, I I don't know, man. It, sh- it shows that they don't they don't have their priorities straight. Either way, I don't want to get lost talking about the uh, the basement of the NFC East. Um, let's move on to Deshaun Watson. Mike, we've got to briefly touch on this again. I heard a couple different rumors this morning. I heard Miami is back on the radar. Uh, it's interesting. A lot of people have high hopes for Tua. I, I, I'm looking at Texans, at the Texans as maybe buying into that hype. Potential two first rounds. Tua, another player, give or take, who knows, Mike, Deshaun Watson, does he, is there any chance that he's a Houston Texan next year? That he's not with the Texans next year? No, is there any chance he is with the Texans? Is there any chance they can work this out or is he going to see his way out of the Texans? It's getting uglier and uglier by the week. Um, You know, the Texans brass came out and said pretty much he ain't going anywhere. We're not going to trade him. The reality is Deshaun Watson don't want to be there. He doesn't want to be a part of this franchise. He doesn't want to rebuild. He's looking at these other quarterbacks in situations where they are ready, set to go and compete. Imagine him looking at the Bills with Josh Allen. Imagine looking at the Chiefs. He knows he has to get through these guys or Lamar Jackson. Those are three gigantic obstacles. And and looking at what just happened with Tom Brady, you're telling me you're going to have to restart with this team, with this squad, with these draft picks? He wants out, and they should let him go. They should let him go. They should get paid heavily for him. I have so much fear in this, Mike. Deshaun Watson is going to, I mean, literally, it's going to be historic. It's going to be historic. Look at what, look at what just happened with Matthew Stafford. The, the, the trade hall the Lions got from Matthew Stafford, who's, what, six or seven years older than Deshaun Watson and doesn't produce nearly at his high level. Man, it's going to take a lot to get him out of Houston. And, and, and the team that does it, um, I hope they have enough win-now material to pull something off because I'm going to tell you, man, you get three or four first round draft picks out of there the next three or four years, you're looking at what you got 
and wasting a lot of money in the, in, in your salary cap and free agency. So it's going to be an interesting thing. But I agree, Mike. I don't believe that he. Uh, I don't believe that he suits up for the Houston Texans. I'd love to see him in Miami if you guys could get that done. Um, I hope it doesn't set your franchise back too much. But you guys have a lot of good depth, a lot of good young players. Um, would be cool to see that happen. Very last thing, Mike, want to talk about one more quarterback. We've talked about this before. Aaron Rodgers looks to be disgruntled, going to be coming out asking for a pay raise. Um, do you see any way, shape, or form that Green Bay gets smart? And yes, I said it, gets smart and deals Aaron Rodgers to the open market this season. I don't see him getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if they, I don't know what their plan is actually, Kev. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with Aaron Jones. What are they going to do to you know close the gap? Because make no mistake, there's a big gap between them and the Bucks when they played. Aaron Rodgers, we talked last week. I, I, I'm trying to trade this guy. I'm trying to get out before he starts dipping in production and gets a little bit more needy. And right now, his demand a pay raise when you know, you know, the other teams you got to beat, like the Drew Brees or Tom Brady, are going to be taking less money and able to sign more free agents, and that's going to just put you at more of a disadvantage. I don't know. You it's, see him back with the, the the Packers next year? I I do because I, I just I, here here here's here's a, I go back and forth on this too, Mike. Because everything you're saying is right. It's like, look, you would get such a haul for him. You've got a first rounder and Jordan Love sitting on your bench. You're ready to go. You're ready to make this transition. But then a part of me says, yeah, but he threw 48 touchdowns in the regular season to what, like seven interceptions. He had an insane season. He's a league MVP, Mike. He just yeah. won. MV, he just won league MVP. So it's like, can you trade that guy? Has that ever even been done before in the history of the league? A guy wins the MVP and gets traded next year? I I don't know. Part of me now, as I'm hearing myself say this, and as I was listening to you, I'm thinking, why not one more year with Aaron? He goes out, throws up another 40 touchdowns, and then do this exact thing. Get a huge trade for him. Because even next year, what, he's 30, how old will he be next year? 36, 36, 37? I think 38. Yeah, something in that area. So he's no spring chicken, but I still think you get a huge haul for him um, even next year. So maybe they postpone it a year. But look, nonetheless, they're going to be strung with their salary cap. They're going to have to pay him more. Um, In my opinion, they already need a number two wide receiver. Definitely got to pay a running back. Defense needs a couple things here and there. Definitely not going to be a huge player in free agency. Again, you got to pay Aaron Rodgers first. So uh, be interesting to see. Again, the league is so crazy. That's the only reason I mentioned these types of trades is that, you know, typically it's like, eh, this isn't even a possibility. League MVP getting traded. But yeah, that's the league we have right now, Mike. That's the world we live in, brother. So we'll see. Have to, we'll have to stay tuned and, uh, and play it by ear. I do and, have and- a... Go ahead. And you're right, though. Like, you do owe to your coaches. You owe to your fans. You owe to the players to run this back. They're in a championship. A couple players go here and there. A uh, couple players maybe not starting for the Bucks. Might, might have got it. And just thinking about what happened at the end, like the halftime for the Bucks, right? Tom Brady throws that rainbow pass. Why was Andy Reid calling his timeouts? Why was he playing with fire? But that's... We're way past that, but you remember that game and the, the you know it's right before halftime and Bray throws that deep one to Miller and he catches it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's like Andy, Andy Reid must have missed that uh, that film tape. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, it's like clockwork, man. It's like uh, <laughs> it's just that's Tom Brady, man. He's, he he scores a touchdown before the half. That's a signature move. That's how he's been crushing teams for twenty years. Mike, I want to talk about some offseason predictions. I want to talk about some top landing spots for a couple of players that I think might be on the move. Here's where I want to start. I want to start with my home team, OBJ, Odo Beckham Jr. Go back three years, Mike, he was the toast of New York. Absolute dynamite receiver ascending to what looked to be a Hall of Fame career. These last couple of years have been injury plagued, hasn't been able to necessarily find his fit in the offense. It's been an up and down type of ride for Odo Beckham Jr. Here's my opinion. Again, a younger player. I think he's 26, 27 at the oldest. Um, I think he's still got a lot of game left, Mike, if he's in the right system. I don't necessarily know that he fits in Cleveland right now after having made a postseason run without him. So I think he's on the move, and I think we can still get good draft compensation. Here's where I think he goes, and I wanted to get get it, get it, your thoughts on, on a team that he could potentially end up with. But I can see him in the Oakland Raiders black and silver, my man. <laughs> oh, I, wow. I, I can see... John Gruden pairing him up. Look, if Derek Carr is going to do anything, they got to get somebody next to Darren Waller. Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the game, up and coming, emerging, just totally breaking out. They're missing 
a breakout wide receiver. And I like Henry Ruggs. He was a first year wideout last year, had the flashes here and there. But in my opinion, you know, under delivered in terms of top flight wide receivers. But you bring in Odell Beckham Jr., one, to tutor the young man, and two, to come up and light up the scoreboard. I like this. And the reason I like it best is because John Gruden's liable to put a, a first round draft pick in the in, in the bank of the good old uh, of the good old Browns here. John Gruden's he's he's naive enough to do that. But uh, in all in all reality, I could see a second and a fourth. Um, you know, second and second and a third, something like that. What do you think, Mike? Odell Beckham Jr. Is he on the move? Could he be on the move? And where where would he go? Where do you think he fits? And do you like that pick potentially with the uh, with the Raiders? I, I definitely think he's out of Cleveland, and I don't think it's because he's demanding out of there. I don't think his Cleveland wants to get rid of him. The reality is they got a lot of players to sign, and they were able to achieve what they did without him. Saying that if there was no salary cap, absolutely bring this guy in, and you know, just keep building pieces. I do like the Vegas because I think Odell would love it out there. I mean, Odell wants to be a global icon more than he already is. So a city like you know Los Angeles would be a lot better in Oakland, more attractive. Right. My landing spot, and I'm not trying to be a homer, I don't think we're going to get Watson. I also don't think we're going to get Russell Wilson. I think he comes to South Beach and plays, and I think the Browns and the uh, Dolphins make a good trade. I think that's how it gets done because he would love it in South Beach. He'd be a huge icon down there, and we need wide receivers. And if we ever want to know how good Tua is, it got to be better than Devontae Parker, right? Yeah, yeah, no, there ain't no, yeah, that's a hundred percent right. Devontae Parker, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely want to see a little bit more consistency out of him. I had high hopes for him when he came out, Mike. He big, tall, he, he, fast he wide receiver. It. He yeah. shows it at times, but he can't stay on the field. Yeah, and, he, uh, part of yeah. that is being available. Anywhere else, you thinking? No, I mean, yeah, a million different spots, but those that that's one team that showed up. But, dude, I I like I could see him down in Miami, man. That makes sense. It'd be interesting that him and Jarvis Landry would switch spots like that. Um, kind of ironic. Here, here's a one other one. <laughs> could you imagine they make this happen? Go to Green Bay. Yeah, I thought about that as well, Mike. I thought about that as well. Um, they were one player, one player away from getting over the hump. You put him with Devontae Adams. Holy jeez, yeah, that'd be gnarly. That'd be gnarly. And, they, they and can, him with a real quarterback. When is a, yeah. and it's, not, it's no slight against Baker Mayfield. No, he, no, I get it. When has he ever he had an Eli Manning that threw one pass route the slant and he was able to go for 1,500 yards or whatever he did? Like, it'd be great for him. It'd be great for Aaron Rodgers. It might actually settle him down and he might get another smile on his face. That could be cool. I could like that. I, I could totally sign off on that. I wish Odell the best. If he comes back for the Browns and we can fit him in, happy day, man. But uh, but if not, I definitely wish him the best. Mike, I want to talk about Zach Ertz. Um, I don't believe that he'll be back in Philadelphia. They've got issues with salary cap. Um, I think Seattle should make a move here. I know that, uh, I know that Greg Olson just retired. I, I don't necessarily know that you know, Russell Wilson would hate having another top flight, you know, weapon there in his in, in his arsenal. I like Zach Ertz, maybe potentially going to Seattle. I could also see him bunking down there in uh, in, in in Baltimore as well. But talk to me about Zach Ertz, Mike. You think he leaves? Uh, you think he leaves Philadelphia? And if so, do you have a landing spot for him? What a great destination that you just brought up. I think Seattle could easily make a move, and I think Russell Wilson could do just what I told him to do: get on the horn and start recruiting people to come there. Hundred percent, right? Yeah, I, I like that a lot. A good red zone target. Um, you know, you can kind of sub him in out some packages, and uh, he'd fit right in. And Russell Wilson's great with the tight ends. When he has a legit target, imagine Metcalf. He'd be a happy camper. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, Mike. I, I, uh, I would like to see. I don't know. It, it, it'd be interesting to see. He's a really good tight end. They've got turmoil there at the quarterback position. Don't get me wrong. I could totally see them re-signing him. Regardless of the quarterback, there quarterback's best friend is uh, is a tight end. You know that, so I um I find it interesting to see what's going to happen with Zach Ertz, Mike. One one other destination to keep yeah. your your eye on, just because they had a great success with each other in Philadelphia. Don't think Frank Wright can't get in a room and recruit this guy to go to the Colts and give him another pass catcher. I like that. I actually, so, you know, Rivers yeah. off the books is going to save him a lot of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and who better to come in? You know, because again, they're 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 they've got a really good running game, but their wide receiving core is not fantastic. They could use a pass catching tight end in there. Um, that's a great destination as well. I like the Colts. Interesting to see what the Colts are going to do at quarterback as well, Mike. Uh, Jacoby Brissett on deck. I don't know that he's he going to be the starter week one. We'll see how it plays out. Speaking of quarterbacks, we mentioned the Oakland, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders before. I, 
I have a, a sneaky suspicion, Mike, that if the right team made the right offer for Derek Carr, that they could get him from John Gruden. Keep in mind, you know, with uh, Marcus Mariota coming over from the Tennessee Titans this last year, when he did step in for Derek Carr, when he went out with an injury, didn't really miss a beat. Marcus Mariota is more of an athlete. Um, he's got every bit as ar- a big of arm as Derek Carr, and he's a pretty good player. Could at least do what Derek Carr has been doing this last few uh, this last few years. I like him maybe potentially going to the Patriots, Mike. I could see the Patriots calling and saying, hey, I've got a second to third round pick with Derek Carr's name all over it. And I could see John Gruden parting ways, getting a couple more draft picks there, riding out this next year with Marcus Mariota, potentially drafting a quarterback in the first round uh, to learn under Marcus Mariota. Who knows? What do you think, Mike? Derek Carr on the move, and could you see him being a Patriot? I think he would fit the. I think he'd fit the system. I think him and Josh McDaniels would have some pretty high success if they can get a you know a playmaker or two in there. Maybe they make their move for Odell Beckham since him and Belichick have such admiration for each other. And with Gruden, like you talked about, like he's never been in love with Carr. It's never really felt like a genuine relationship. Always that guy looking around, you know, goes out to the restaurant with his girl, always looking around at other girls and whistling and doing that creepy stuff. Kind of like how he is with other quarterbacks, you know, always flirting, always trying to kind of talk to him and talk about him. It could be the end of this, and I think it should be. And I'd like to see Carr with another system, see how successful he could be. Let's not forget, this guy was like the league MVP one year until he got hurt. Yeah. 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 No, that's right. That was just, uh, well, that was under Jack Del Rio, right? And then they, then they, uh, they put a nice big hole in the middle of the ship and brought John Gruden and company in there. Am I, um, am I, am I wrong though? Like, does it seem like something's off with these two? It doesn't feel right. Yeah. I feel like there's more there with Derek Carr. Um, but, uh, but I don't know, Mike. I, I don't know if it's just John Gruden wants a different style quarterback. I don't really know, but it, it does seem like they're missing something. Who knows? And I, and again, I, I don't know if that's, you know, I, I don't know if it's John Gruden and his ability to call plays right now or, or, or if it really truly is, you know, they don't have the right quarterback on the team. I don't know, but it seems like there's more there with Derek Carr. I agree well, with that. There was an interesting story about after that Miami Dolphins comeback where Fitzpatrick threw that ball where his head was getting ripped off. That Nelson Hagelar went in the locker room, lit up every single player, almost like, you guys don't even want to win. I don't know why you're out here. Just went bonkers on them. And since then, the Raiders never been the same. So they got to really look inside themselves. They've been telling us, we're drafting football people. We're drafting football people and missing pick after pick. Interesting. Their wide receiver says, you guys gave up on this game. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's interesting, Mike. That's very interesting. Um Okay, let's let's transition. I want to move on. Here's a player I want to talk about here. Interesting what's happening with the Jets. They got the number two overall pick this year in the draft. They could go quarterback. They could potentially be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, Mike. But they're sitting there with former number three overall pick. Was it number two or number three? Uh, Sam Darnold. Mike, I want to know what's going on with Sam Darnold. So I have a crazy theory. And here's what it is. You've got... Sam Darnold sitting on a roster that it, it looks as if he's not going to play football there for the long term. They're either going to draft the quarterback or try to make a move. I wonder if he doesn't end up on the Lions. So hear me on this. Jared Goff just got shipped to the Lions with a couple first round picks. I'm wondering if Sam Darnold is not viewed as a better prospect and if Jared Goff isn't legitimately not a backup quarterback. I wonder if they can't flip those players. Flip Jared Goff to the Jets and let him back up whoever is going to come in and be the quarterback of the Jets. I wonder if it's going to be, a, you know, if it's going to be the draft or if it's going to be, you know, Deshaun or whatever. If it's Deshaun, then Jared Goff can back him up. If it's a first overall pick like a, you know, Justin Fields or whatever, why not let Jared Goff come in there and teach that young man how to play? Because right now I think it's weird with Sam Darnold. There's no way Sam Darnold's going to mentor the number one or number two overall pick if they do go quarterback in the draft. And if they pick Deshaun Watson, they got to get rid of Sam Darnold anyways because he's not going to want to ride the bench there. So I just don't think he fits there anymore. I think Jared Goff, though, would take a backup role or at least have a role in terms of, you know, Justin Fields gets drafted number two overall. Maybe he comes in and has a chance to actually beat him out. If he plays really good, it's great for the Jets because they can flip him for a first round pick. Is that crazy? Am I out on, am I, am I out on a limb here? Yeah, you're, you're, you're a little too far out. I'm trying to lasso you back in, but... uh not a terrible theory. I would just feel bad for Jared Goff because he just talked about, I'm finally somewhere where I, they want me. And uh, that that quote won't age too well. I got a better one for you, though. 
Hear me out. Okay. San Francisco is going to be aggressive trying to get to Sean Watson. Eventually, they're going to pull out of the sweepstakes, and Houston's going to realize we should have made this deal because we've got some really nice assets and picks. They're going to send Jimmy G to the Jets with a second-round pick, possibly a fifth-round pick. Jimmy G goes in the Jets, starts next year, mentors a Justin Fields, and then the Jets got a nice one-two combination. 49ers bring the West Coast kid back home. Darnold gets a new start, new system, a run game, real wide receivers, and he thrives. See, okay, I like that if San Francisco was two or three years away from winning. I like that if they were two or three years away. But I feel like, Mike, keep in mind, two years ago they were in the Super Bowl. They can win now. That defense comes back healthy. I don't know that Sam Darnold wins you games now. I think there's growing pains there for a year or two. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, don't, I, I like I don't the idea. Know if they are. I mean, it's that division's going to be crazy. I can't wait to watch that. But hard no, to tell. No, I definitely don't get me wrong, man. I definitely, I definitely like where your head's at. It, it, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, you're right. I think I was out on a limb with my theory. Either way, hey, I'm I, just... I love the theories, though. <laughs> you know, I, I watched the X Files growing up. I love the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just tease yeah, with you. Very good, very good, Mike. All right, look, last last pair I want to talk about. This is actually a duo. I want to talk about Julio Jones and Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons. I believe that they are going to be on the move. Saves a lot of salary cap. And, you know, I think it gives them the fresh start they need. It gives the team the fresh start that they need. Mike, I'm looking at teams that I think could use their services. Tell me if I'm crazy. This might be another limb. I'm looking at the New York Giants. I'm looking at them making a play for both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I I think they plug and play with Saquon Barkley in a defense that was playing for Joe Judge last year. I wonder if a team can orchestrate that type of a deal. And I know Matt Ryan and Julio Jones love to play together. Could you ever see that happening, Mike? Could you ever see a team ponying up and getting two players? And I think it would cost New York. I think it would cost them a first round this year, next year, and uh, probably some other, you know, some other picks and assets, man. I don't know. Do you think that this could ever possibly get done? I do. Um, and I, I say that because I feel like this NFL is just the last – how many years the trades and the different moves? Like, did you ever think Brett Favre would be out of a you know a Packers uniform? Did you ever think Tom Brady would be down in Tampa Bay playing and at then joined by Gronk? Yeah. You know? So like to say this can't happen, I, I and I think it would make a lot of sense. Like I think you did a good job matching them up because that defense is solid. It's a winnable division, and I'd almost say too another team in that franchise, that division that could probably do the same thing. Washington. What about the Washington Football Team? Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. I was looking at them as well. And uh, I, I think you're spot on. I, again, I, I like the idea of a team that's, especially because you're mad, you know, the NFC East, keep in mind, a team that represented the them in the playoffs this year was a seven and nine football team in the Washington football team. Yeah. Bad seven division. and nine, Mike. So you're talking about an instant come up in a quarterback upgrade and getting a bona fide number one wide receiver who doesn't score touchdowns, but puts up a ton of yards. You know, either one of those teams could make a play, New York or Washington. A uh, couple other teams that I could see doing it as well. I could see Chicago getting in the mix there. Um, I could see Indianapolis Colts getting in the mix there as well. We talked about them. I could see New England getting into this, Mike. Um, who knows? We've seen crazier things. I could see the Denver Broncos potentially make it a play. But um, I do see Julio Jones and Matt Ryan not suiting up for Atlanta. Do you, do you think they're back next year? I think it's more likely they're not back next year, if that makes sense. Yep, they could, I agree. they could be back, but I think at this time, it in that division, you know where you are. It's time to reboot. It's time to restart. And if you don't get rid of these players now, they are depreciating. You know that, that's depreciating value. Like you need to sell, sell, sell. And you can't tell me you want to have a team like Seattle saying, "Oh, you know what? Russell Wilson's not happy. Maybe we bring an extra pass catcher." Oh, yeah. you know what? Kansas City was a little needed by one more playmaker. Maybe we bring in Julio Jones with Mahomes, see how that works out. You know, like teams are going to be creative how to get Julio Jones. Matt Ryan is a little bit more complicated with his contract. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. Everything you said is right. Um, Mike, to end the episode, I want to do, I want to do, I actually kind of want to play a game. I want to put you in the GM seat for four teams. We're in the offseason now. The NFL draft is what we are now going to gear our attention towards. I want to talk about the first four teams in the NFL draft. The draft order stands 
Jacksonville Jaguars number one. The Jets have the number two overall pick. Your Miami Dolphins with the third overall pick. And the Atlanta Falcons, we were just talking about them, with the number four overall pick. I want you very, very briefly to go through each of these teams for me as the GM and talk about what your move is in terms of your team needs, what you might be doing in the draft, and some other things you need to bring in to get your team not picking in the top five next year. Let's start with the Jags. They hold the number one overall pick. Obviously, if I'm the Jags, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence number one. And I'm going to say, we've got a lot of good building blocks. Like They're they're above average at wide receiver. They've got a young back that does the job, some nice playmakers. So I'm looking at offensive line or defensive line and a game changer at that. Um, whether that's sweat from Oregon or, you know, a good D tackle, good D, DN. I might even consider trading my second pick back to get some more picks because there's a lot of needs on that team. And I know Urban Meyer's going to know the college players real well. Mike, is there any chance if you are the GM, you're talking to Urban Meyer about making phone calls about the Sean Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or any of these quarterbacks that are a little bit disgruntled and want out? Am I making those calls? Absolutely. Uh, you know, or, or is there some conversations in the back? Yeah, because Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be an exceptional quarterback. I think he's going to be special. But to bring in a coach like Urban Meyer that can build a culture, build a locker room, and you get that type of quarterback like a Russell Wilson, it's a done deal, man. You've got 10 years of being successful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think if the, uh, I think if the Houston Texans were willing to go with the number one overall pick and a first-round pick next year, I would do that deal. I don't know that I'm giving up a whole lot more because you're right. Trevor Lawrence upside is big. I, you know me, Mike. I'm not huge on gambling into the future on the draft. If you've got a player that has played in the NFL who's still young and you know he can do it, I, I'm all day on that. I'm all day on what's proven. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Jags do. I agree with all your assessment. Let's move over to the Jets, Mike. Number two overall pick. We just mentioned Sam Darnold was picked in the first round no more than four years ago, has not necessarily been utilized correctly, at least has not played up to his potential. What do the Jets look to do in this first round of the draft, Mike? Do you look at them going quarterback? What are some other team needs that if you're the GM, you have on your the, the highest priority on your big board? Secondary. <laughs> Absolutely the secondary of the Jets is atrocious. It needs to be addressed. Obviously, we talked earlier. Sam Darnold, he's out of town. It's time to move on. It's time to, you know, just give this guy a chance to be successful. Drafting a quarterback, number two. And then I'm also going to look at that secondary because without it, it's just going to be another nightmare of a season. This is a passing league. you got Josh Allen in your division. you got to get it figured out. Mike, is there any – I agree with all that. Is there any chance that these guys decide, you know what, Sam Darnold was underutilized and he's got more potential. Maybe they trade down from that second pick, still stay in the top 10, get an offensive lineman, get a defensive lineman, get some secondary help. Is there any chance this team builds around Sam Darnold or is that gone? I personally think he's gone. And I say because they've watched Darnold have some really big struggles. Fair or not fair, receivers or not receivers. Um, he's had some bad games. And I think just the the, like a quarterback needs love. You know, they, they need that attention. They need to be hearing how there's a plan, there's a vision. And the fact that they haven't really said much of that, it, it kind of steers me to say he's gone. What do you think? Yeah, I think, look, I, it's crazy to me because, you know, if he was coming out in the draft this year, he would be a top five pick. <laughs> so it's it's so weird how that is, Mike. You got to wonder about a guy who's been on a squad for four years, who's had very very limited success, and has had his name plastered in trade rumors for the last year, year and a half. You got to wonder what happens to his self confidence. Has he taken a ding in his self belief? That's that's the only question with Sam Darnold. Otherwise, I like his skill set. I'm more apt to trade down if I'm the Jets and hang on to Sam Darnold. Here, here, Lord here's knows what I like to compare it to. You remember uh, when the Rams lost versus the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Yeah. And Sean McVay is like, this is on me. The play calling was bad. You know, I, I could do better and it, it, leave Goff alone. And like two years later, he's like, Goff got to make that throw. He's got to get it. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's kind of the same thing with the Jets. It used to be like a love story. And now just like there's no there's no commitment there. There's no there's no love. And like you said, there's been some horrible moments. He's been on the trade block. Has he not on the trade block? Give this guy a fresh start. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um. 
Makes all the sense in the world. Mike, I want to talk about the Miami Dolphins. They have the number three overall pick. Very, very rare. There's a 10-win team picking the top three the following season. Why are they picking the top three? Well, you've got you know the Houston Texans to thank for that, Mike. Um, so with this pick, what are you doing in Miami? You've got a, a really good young roster, Mike. Tons of different ways you guys can go. You're the GM. What are you doing? I'm continuing to build that offensive line with my first pick. And then the Miami Dolphins real pick, I'm picking one of these playmaking wide receivers. Um, college game right now is giving us better receivers than it might have ever done. A lot of the best players of high school go to college to play that way because they know the run back doesn't have a long, uh, long lifespan. So I think that's, I mean, I've just said the same thing about another team, but if I can get that tackle from Oregon, and then I got Austin Jackson on the other side, and I got my left and right tackle back-to-back first-round picks. Built on that, we, we'd have four starters with two or less years' experience, but they could also grow together, build together. And again, it's all about seeing what we got with Tua. Everyone keeps saying to move off of Tua. I get if we get a Russell Wilson. I get if we get a Sean Watson. But you know who I don't want? It's like a Jimmy G or just, just yeah. or a Kirk Cousins-type guy to come in. You're like, we already know who you are. Tua has a huge upside. Also, has you know, he also has a bad bad side too. So I want to know more about this guy in the off season. But we got to support him. Defense is already there. Got to get there. Yeah, look, don't get me wrong. If the right deal comes along for Deshaun, you make that move. Outside of that, definitely going to ride with Tua. And look, I, I'm I'm surprised, Mike. I definitely like an offensive tackle here as well. I, I would wait. I would flip that. I think I would go receiver with your number three. And I love at what I saw at Alabama's Devontae Smith. He is nuts, Mike. Now, a lot of people are saying he's a little bit small for the NFL game. I don't believe it. I would love to see a top flight wide receiver. Keep in mind, Tua threw passes to him not long ago. So I would yeah. love to see that matchup. And then you've also got Chase Edwards out of LSU. I like him as well. Huge. But I want to see you guys. Yeah, I want to see you guys go with a top flight receiver here to get somebody to, that Tua could throw the ball to. And then I see you cleaning up your offensive line in the later part of the uh, of the first round. What I, what Either I way, don't want to see I think we're on the same page. is with that third pick, do what we did the last time we had the third pick and select a player like Deion Jordan, a complete bust and waste a pick. Get somebody that's a game changer, a, a staple to your franchise, a building block. Don't go out on a limb. Don't outsmart the room. And don't draft a Boy. quarterback. <laughs> Bar- uh, I'll tell you, Deion Jordan, he he sent a whole bunch of teams on a path, man. I remember Deion Jordan came out of Oregon, if I'm not mistaken, and then we took uh, Barkevius Mingo the very next year out of LSU because <laughs> yeah. he looked he looked just like Deion, Deion Jordan, man. And, and we uh, everybody was on that on that terra very very skinny uh, defensive ends becoming pass rushers and didn't work out as well. Um, but I remember that. All right, Mike. Last team I want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. They got the fourth overall pick in the draft, Mike. What are they going to do if they were to get Julio Jones or not even Julio, just Matt Ryan in general, if they've just got Matt Ryan out of town, is there any chance the Falcons are going with a quarterback here? And if so, is it potentially Zach Wilson? Is Justin Fields off the board? What are they doing here? Well, I think they want to correct what Georgia made a mistake on. And I think they want to bring Justin Fields back home to the state of Georgia. Um, for some reason, Georgia kept Fromm instead of Justin Fields. Never will understand that because Fromm's a, a hack. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to bring Justin Fields. I think Matt Ryan will be a different uniform next year. I think Julio Jones will. This Falcons team will look like a 180, and they'll have some extra assets because of those moves. So, Mike, to be clear, you don't see Justin Fields landing with the Jets at number two? I got a feeling they're going to outsmart themselves. I feel like Fields' senior year did him no good. You know, he was very inconsistent this year with one of the best college teams, which I'm not faulting him. It was a COVID year. There, You don't know who you're playing, when you're playing, why you're playing. Players are not a lineup. But Fields did himself no favor this year. Am, am I wrong on that? No. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I don't think it did him any favors. I don't necessarily think it hurt him a ton, but I don't think it did him any favors. Be interesting though, man. Jets, you know, and there's there's a ton of there's a ton of hype about Zach Wilson and a couple of these other prospects. Um, but I think Trey Lance is another one out of Dakota that they, they people are pretty hyped on. But um five quarterbacks we'll see, will Mike. be taken in the first round at least. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. I uh, I'll be interested to see what happens. I I think the Falcons do start the rebuild though. I think they got to get Matt Ryan out of town and start with one of these young bucks, man, and see what the future holds. However, 
We shall see, Mike. This next week, we'll come on back. We're going to break down a couple other teams in the draft. We're going to talk about some other up-and-coming teams, some team needs and whatnot. It's going to be exciting times. We're going to keep the NFL alive, even in the offseason. And we're going to start talking some NBA. So for our listeners, and especially for our LeBron James fans, listen up, get your antennas ready. We're going to be back at you with some uh, with some NBA talk here in just a few weeks. Um, that said, Mike, great episode. As always, want to end with a quote of the day and just want to say this one is very very simple the best thing that you can do or you know in terms of just being you know around people with your friends with your family and just being able to give and being able to make an impact on others so this this quote's very very simple if you want to receive make sure the first thing that you do is give be a giver people Guys, make sure that you're listening to and subscribing on any airwaves that you are listening to. And make sure that you hit us up on Twitter. We want to hear from you. We want to know what's on your mind and talk about whatever it is that you're thinking about in terms of the NFL or the NBA. And Mike, next week, same time, I'll see you. I'll catch you. We are out of here. Fan POV Podcast.